The views and opinions expressed on the Middle Class VO podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. Any feelings hurt therein are an unfortunate byproduct of the quest for infotainment. Also, please be reminded that concerted efforts have been made so as not to put anyone's knickers in a twist. Having one's knickers in a twist is not an objective or goal. However, if your knickers are in a twist and it persists for more than four hours, please seek out a physician. Moreover, if anyone were to feel besmirched by any of the commentary on the Middle Class VO podcast, it would be purely coincidental. No besmirchment is intended. Please enjoy. Oh my gosh, what is a pay-to-play, Bobby? Describe it. Tell me what a pay-to-play is in your mind. <laughs> it's um, where you actually pay a fee to be able to get auditions, and you're on a roster where those come in. Lies. All lies. It's a scam. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's ruining the business. It's not ruining the business. It is the business. <laughs> it is the business. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Bobby Maxwell in Cincinnati, Kevin Kilpatrick in Nashville. It's the Middle Class VO Podcast, and we are very excited to have a guy on that I have known of since 1985, probably, and that's going back a long time. Kevin West, he is the managing partner of VOPlanet.com, is joining us. Kev, I got to ask you. Uh, first, I got to ask you, are you flying with geese right now? <laughs> Kevin, I'm sorry, man. Um, let me close the door. It's those damn seagulls again. Cacaw! Cacaw! Best podcast start ever. I, uh, I'm i in Florida. I took time to get rid of the kids, but I didn't think about the seagulls. So It's great. It's magic. Thank you for having me today. I'm so sorry to wreck the uh, beginning of your program. No, it's it's all good. This is what it's all about. We love it. And, and Kev, I, I don't know if you know, but I listen to you and Jeff Bell and Tom Michaels on 98 Rocks when I was in high school and in my early college days when I was a uh, radio neophyte. I love listening to you guys, and you guys were the gold standard at the time. Dear Lord, how old am I? <laughs> Where were you? Where were you listening? I, I, I was listening from the uh, hotbed of country music, Magnolia, Arkansas. And I was on air at the uh, Country Missile KMSL Country Music Powerhouse. Perhaps you've heard of it. Probably not. Absolutely. I tuned in every time I was in Magnolia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. No, so, that's so awesome. Kev, it's, um, you know, I've, not a lot of people know my background, especially not that specifically. And uh, but we're all from radio, which is a good point that, um, you know, I think I wanted to make this morning. So thank you for listening. Um, due to the uh, my friends at Clear Channel, I quit the business some time ago and started doing voiceover. But that's where I started. Absolutely. 98 Rocks in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's it. That is so crazy. And, and I've got a I've got a crazy Kev West man crush story that I'm going to tell oh, no. here in a few minutes. I know. 
<laughs> it gets ugly. But first, Kevin, when you were making those snarky comments on 98 Rocks, I mean, because you were snarky, um, did you ever envision being the managing partner of anything? Initially, snark was my game, and then I got into management in radio, and I realized that that's actually the primary tool in management is a large, <laughs> a large supply of snark. Um, so yeah, I never planned to be on the other side of the microphone, uh, but back in the day, I did mornings, and um, the only way to really make more money was to take on more responsibility and actually not leave the building at 10 o'clock in the morning, but stay all day and then corral people <laughs> around microphones at a specific date time slot every single day, which qualifies me, I would say, uh, completely to do what I do now because I've been wrangling people towards microphones um, since I was managing rock radio many years ago. And, um, and I never, you know, when I left radio, I never even envisioned uh, making any money at voiceover, much less be doing what I'm doing now. So that's a, it's a long trail. I think we all have a, a similar weird path that we've taken, right? Yeah. Ba -da -ba -ba. Was that the impetus for uh, investing in an online casting site? You know, your, your experience with uh, wrangling people towards microphones? I started out as just like everybody, as just a solo voice person. I left radio after many years because it became, well, Anyone who's worked for corporate radio, it became something that it <laughs> wasn't before. Um, it wasn't fun for me any, anymore. Oh, yeah. Two words, bottom line. <laughs> a Jeff Bell, who was one of the DJs back in the day at 98 Rocks, is the voice of Ford Trucks. And I called Jeff, and he said, Well, you got to do, man. Just get into voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And then once I cut a couple spots, the guy, who was my single client, said, Do you have a girl that does voiceover. And I'm like, well, yeah. And then I went and, and told my wife that she was now a voiceover person as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it just grew from there. They started requesting different voices other than, other than mine. I started casting through a studio called Blue Streak uh, Voiceover Productions, or Blue Streak Studios, producing mostly car spots. So it was a lot of hiring, and I do production. I was also an imaging guy back in the day at radio, production manager before I got into program directing. And uh, interestingly, was the voice of the local television station, Kevin, KTAL-TV, mm -hmm. which meant uh, back then you were called a booth announcer. Right. And you did, a lot of, you did a lot of audio production. So I came to it via production and having to hire other people uh, to fulfill the needs of the spots that I was producing. And then a couple years ago, someone called and needed some help casting, and she happened to own voplanet.com and was about to retire and go into the ministry. And she hit me with a proposal about taking that over because there was maybe 40 members left on the site and she just didn't want to turn it off. And we thought long and hard about it. The girlfriend that I first hired uh, for our first voiceover job is now my wife. And uh, we own the company together and we decided to make a go of it. And here we are today. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, and much respected at that. I have to add. I mean, when you when you hear Vo Planet these days, you you know you should have good rates in there because I think so many people just you're kind of like you have the ethics, the morals, the good jobs, and you know you're not hiding anything from anyone. When we stepped in, it was right when the whole uh, VDC debacle was hitting the fan yet again, and Boy Strong had uh, risen. And, you know, we came into it and we said, what can we do 
in the face of all this pushback on pay-to-play. And it was very obvious. We even subjected ourselves to a few of the Facebook groups. I threw myself into that, not knowing what I was getting into. People were very angry about pay-to-play at that time. Mm. And we just asked, you know, what what would make it better? It was obvious to me because I've been a member of Voice123 since I started in 2005 uh, as, a, as a voice talent and then casting. And I had an idea, an idea, you know, of what could be made better. And this is before they did what they did um, and had kind of delved into Voices.com. So I, we had an idea of how it worked. And we had a strong idea because this is 2016 going into 2017 of uh, what people were mad about. And we just decided to make VO Planet um, obviously um, be transparent, honest and get better jobs stop the race to the bottom and all the things that are obvious that were wrong and giving pay to play a black eye at that time. So that was our template. It was just what people in the voice community wanted or were upset about at that time. So it was pretty obvious. What makes VO Planet stand apart from the rest? Well, you start with, we don't take any fees out of the jobs. We don't get in between the money and the talent. One of the things people said they wanted was to work direct and simply not getting in the way of the money is such a great form of crystal clear transparency. When there's doubts about how much money is being taken out of those fees, especially because of what another platform was doing at that time. So we don't take fees. Uh, We feel like uh, voice people are entrepreneurs. They can manage their own money. We don't need to take 20% so they get paid. Yeah. Um, we do not allow underbidding, which is one of the big deals that you see on other pay-to-play sites. That was a problem because you go in, post a gig, and you know invariably people are bidding to the bottom. So we eliminated that, which is just, just no way to do it on VO Planet. Um, people are often not happy with posted fees so we said hey go ahead and if you're you know more expensive say so and that's okay you can bid what you like what you think you're worth that's uncommon among pay to plays we're professionals only and unlike voice one two three if you got a credit card you can go on and you know call yourself a voice talent Um, and so vetting our voice people is another difference we're mom and pop literally operated um, <laughs> literally mom and pop i mean m- mom just left with the kids so i can do this in a quiet house you know sans seagulls of course we're not cor- which means we're not corporately owned so we don't owe anything to anyone other than ourselves and we're not having to jump through hoops to make projections um, we don't have to charge 499 or or 399 and $5000 for platinum fees which we have no f- platinum levels by the way so all that stuff to me kind of makes us, uh, I'd like to say, the craft beer among corporate beer giants. Ooh, like that metaphor. Um, with you saying that, that you don't take the bottom feeders or whatever you want to call them, looking at your roster, you have some really strong veterans in there. And are you seeing a variety of talent booking with those auditions that you're putting out there, Kevin? Or are the seasoned veterans getting more of that? And the other question was, are most of your jobs exclusive to VO Planet? Or are you sharing kind of like the agents do? What we're seeing is surprising. Because you would think that these names that you see floating around would nail down every job. Yeah. What's great about voiceover is sometimes they're not looking for something obvious or something that's been heard a lot. So somebody that's a little more quirky or unknown will pick up a gig. 
Um, I, I don't think that even the non, if you will, name talents that are on VO Planet are that different in the amount of talent they have. Maybe they're just not as well known. So everybody's getting a little taste, hopefully. And that's that's the goal. Um, what was the second part of your question? I'm sorry. Are the jobs that you do post, are those exclusive to you or are you sharing auditions like some of the agents do? Here's what we've done. Obviously, you can run an ad and you know maybe people will start posting jobs on your site. We've gone specifically after certain agencies and companies and, and e-learning companies, specific ones that are considered top. So we're recruiting, we're handpicking our clients, so along with doing SEO and other things that might attract walk-in traffic. But we're handpicking those jobs. Can I speak to where else they're posting? I've not seen more than a couple of jobs, say, posted across the road. Um, in the couple of years that we've been at this. We can't control that necessarily. Uh, we can't say to a client, no, uh, if you post with us, you can't post anywhere else. Mm. We're too new. Yeah, I can't be turning, I can't turn it down right now because job one, and this is written on the wall here, is jobs, that's in big capital letters. Um, once we get to a point where we can be pickier about that, you know, I would love to be able to say no, and you, know, you can only post it here. But we feel like most of those jobs are uh, exclusive. Uh, I'm not seeing them elsewhere. Um, they're good jobs. Uh, they're often in the you know three, four, five figures um, or upper. And although we are not posting fifty or twenty, one hundred dollar jobs a day, in fact, we turn those down. Uh, we feel the quality of the clients that are coming through make up for that lack of, of basically volume, and we would prefer it that way. I think that's every voice person would rather do, say, a couple of $2,000 jobs rather than 40 $100 jobs on any given day. Absolutely. I know you probably hope so, but are the pay-to-plays here to stay? <laughs> well, there's one that's on fire, and there's people rushing with pitchforks at another so at least two of them are not going to be around much longer and we're okay with that because we're coming right up alongside the ship with a lifeboat you know and everyone's welcome to jump in and uh, and the straight answer is yeah because it's just the way things are done just think of amazon you know people want to go on type in this and then a whole list of those to choose from pops up rather than you know if i want pipe cleaners I don't know why I chose pipe cleaners. I, I would rather just go to Amazon and, and type that in rather than Google it and then go to each company individually and then email them individually. Right. So there's a lot of people that are turned on just by the automation of shopping, getting a big stack of results. Uh, and that, that plays to the mechanics of pay to play. Obviously, too, there's, there's people that are cherry picking talent who would rather do it themselves. And you can do that too with our search engine um, just by typing in the uh, you know parameters of the voice. And with that in mind, you know I think pay to play is, is going to be around. We just have to make sure that we're doing it properly. And I think that the way it can be done improperly is obvious. Um, and those that are not rising to the occasion may not survive. Do I, th you wanna ask me if I think specific platforms are gonna make it? Because I'll, I'll speak my mind on that. Sure. Oh, don't hold back. <laughs> <laughs> what have I? What have I done? Okay. Um, well, I mean, we could go to town all day long about what Voice One Two Three did when they made the change. They will obviously survive that. I don't understand why they haven't apologized. I do understand that it's 
difficult to change over a website with you know, thousands of people on it and tens and hundreds of thousands of MP3s loaded in and do that smoothly. Um, but it went beyond just the obvious changeover problems. And I was okay with that too until the lack of apology. And I thought, you know, if this were me and I were standing on that stage and someone was asking me, am I sorry? Well, hell yeah, I'm sorry. We didn't mean for that to happen. I've been a member of that platform for many, many years and, and things were happening that obviously were, were bugs and glitches. And when that happens, the first thing you do is you come out with your hat in your hand or your bandana and <laughs> and just follow me, man. And and you say, I'm sorry. And then you then you do your best to fix it as soon as possible. So I think they will. And at some point, a, an apology is going to come across, but it may be too late. Um, voices, dude, I am so not into them. Um, <laughs> I hope that with what's springing up around, not just VO Planet, I like what Armin's doing. Um, my opinion is still out on what Matt is doing, but I would prefer to see those people and along with VO Planet rise and for voices just to go away based on just moral character and what they've done. Right. Can I, can I share a story? I guess I could share a story uh, with regards to Voices.com where I found that they took a chunk of money that was earmarked for the talent on the gig. So I got a, uh, a national documentary gig from Voices.com, not going to mention who it was, and did the gig. They said, Kev, they want you. Um, the rate is X number. I'll just say the rate is X number. And did the gig, got paid from Voices.com. A couple of months later, I get some paperwork in from uh, this national documentary uh, producer. And it was just, you know, for me to sign off that they have uh, use in perpetuity and all the different whatever, all, all the contract agreement stuff is. And they had in there the money that was earmarked for the talent. And I'm like, wow, that's funny. I only saw two-thirds of that from Voices.com. And I asked Voices.com about that. And they, oh, that's part of the, the managing and I said, so it's like just an arbitrary number managing? Yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. So, you know, they ended up taking several hundred dollars from me that was earmarked for the talent. And, and is that the kind of thing that you're talking about, Kev? First of all, I'm just outraged for you. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I, it, I don't understand. You would think that, you know, paying, what is it, $400 a year or what is your platinum, 5000 and then a straight 20%, isn't that enough? Yeah, yeah, this was a third. Okay, well, that's too much. And, and, and that's one business model, and it worked very well, obviously. Here's the problem with that, is the clients just don't realize. And that's what we're facing. And we know, as a company, we go out looking for jobs just like you do, and we're knocking on doors. No, we use Voices.com. They don't know. You know if you explain it, they're surprised by, well, they didn't realize that fees were being taken out of of the deal so i'm yeah 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 that's that's the thing you know if you're gonna take funds say it up front everyone agrees everyone's happy and that's it i don't know why why did it have to get so complicated well you know when you take an 18 million dollar loan or you have corporate partners who expect 
uh, quarterly reports and all that stuff. And you've got to look for extra ways to make money, I have to assume. And this is why we just decided to forego all of that at VO Planet um, because it, it creates too much confusion. And it, honestly, that has to be quite a temptation. And uh, we're just not going to put ourselves in that position. So, yeah, I would, I would hope just based on everything that's happened that that would just go away. That's, that, that's one that I think we could, we could all live without probably. Transparency is so key. I mean, nobody wants to be lied to in anything in life. So just, just be open about it. Don't hide it because that's always going to leave a bad feeling. But, um, you know, we, we call ourselves the Middle Class VO Podcast, Kevin, because we are, Kevin and I are both, you know, kind of established in the business. We're making a living of it. But you also have on the other end people who listen to our podcast who are just starting out. And a lot of them are on Fiverr or, uh, you know, some of the, the other dirt cheap places. What do you what do you say to them? They they want to make a living they can't compete yet for the bigger jobs, so they're taking the the Fiverr jobs just to get something, you know, on 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 audio. What what do you what do you say to them as somebody from Via Planet? First of all, I feel you because you know I started out with a microphone on a broomstick in a one bedroom <laughs> apartment at my kitchen table with a blanket over my head. And this is after leaving Clear Channel and beginning and starting out on my, no, true. I mean, and, um, and you know, anything you could get was just, especially when you have zero income, that's a scary thing. You step out on your own, yeah. you have no checks coming in. You've been working for the, the man for 20 straight years and you're out there. My name is Jimmy, I'll take what you give me. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> maybe that, uh, if you go to Fiverr, it's it's tough, you know. You've really got to stand up for yourself, and that's hard to do in the beginning. And I understand why people go to certain sites, uh, and, and in the process, lowering the rates for everybody across the board. It's a tough thing to explain to people who just want to make, you know, enough money to eat. Um, but I would not suggest that people go to those sites where every single kind of freelancer is represented. There are voice sites that are especially for freelancers, and you know. Um, what do you do? Do you get angry when you see the Fiverr ads like I do? I could because I do. I get angry. I I I, I I'm, I'm like, wow, really? But I also look at like Toys R Us went out of business because their prices were too high. Sorry, not sorry. And you made the Amazon analogy before. And now, what people could have paid, you know, thirty five dollars at Toys R Us, they can get for half as much at Amazon or Walmart or Target. So there's there's always going to be those clients out there that want to pay less. So it, it's always going to be there. I get. I guess you just have to become educated and stand up for what's right for you, right? I think too. What happens is naturally, um, any client or voice buyer that's booking through, say Fiverr. Um, and is trying to compete. Say you're going to a pitch meeting and you've got your voiceover and it's all produced and you're going up against another ad agency that actually took time to hire someone that's a little more experienced and maybe they paid a lot more for their voiceover, but they win the account with that. Okay. It's just like anything. The more you spend on something, the more you invest in something, especially in a competitive situation like, say, advertising. Uh, walking in with a Fiverr voice versus walking in with one of the top VO Planet voices is a whole other world. And I think through losing accounts uh, or going to battle with other agencies, after a while you realize, I need to up my game. What, what can I do? Uh -huh. I need better video. I need better written scripts. I need 
a better voice talent. And so this is not doing it anymore. I think any anyone who books voices who is on the rise may start with those low-paying talents or low-paid talents. But eventually, in order to compete, they're going to have to do better. Um, and, and there's always going to be that undercurrent of people that are working that cheap. We can't make that go away. We can't. Right. Uh, um, it's just impossible. So, I, you know, hats off to anyone who's quit their job, you know, and is making a living. But I would suggest that you start making a living before you quit your job, and unlike what I did. Um, and then you don't have to rely on, on Fiverr or the, the low-paying people. Well, Kev, we're going to let you go here in just a minute. But before we go, i got to tell my Kev West man crush story. So there I was, <laughs> knee-high to a coyote in Magnolia, Arkansas, trying to improve my radio career. I'd only been in it for a couple of years. And I'm riding around the Southern Arkansas University campus, home of the Mule Riders. I wish I was making that up. And I was riding around with my theater friend, Penny White, and we're talking about my radio. She's a good friend of mine. She's a theater gal, and she was all about, you know, helping me get better in my radio career. And she was like, you just need, you, you sound like you're talking loud or something. She couldn't nail it down. She couldn't nail down that I was announcing and not talking. And she's like, so, so listen to this guy. See this guy right here? Listen to him. He sounds like he's right in the seat next to you. And that was not, and she's talking about a conversational delivery. She was talking about none other than <laughs> Kevin West from 98 Rocks in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, my. Well, there you go, right? Honestly, I miss radio completely. Uh, I do. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Um, it, was, it was my career for over 20 years. But it gave me a firm foundation for this because, you know, you do your show. Then you go go into production and you cut spots. And I would go in there and just not come out for hours. And, and people may mm-hmm. not have realized that. But I fell in love with, with audio production uh, through my job at radio uh, and became then the commercial guy. And uh, I could literally just spend hours in there. So my fantasy at that time was, you know, I wish I just had a little room in my house. And this is before the Internet. And people would just... I pictured a fax machine or something or just people slipping copy under my door and producing spots all day long. And then, you know, you fast forward some time later, that's what my career turned into. <laughs> and I couldn't have asked for a better training ground than those days back entertaining you in Magnolia, Arkansas and playing those songs, getting paid 200 bucks a week and all the free concert tickets you can eat. <laughs> so that, that, you know, to me is, is why I, I feel like people like yourself and Bobby uh, that come from radio are so uh, successful at voiceover because we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, it, it's, it's the perfect way to get started in the business. Of course, you have to go down the line and get someone to beat the radio out of you eventually. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, I, you know, I had no idea that, that that was you when I was talking to you at the time. Isn't that hilarious? You touched on this on, on the Facebook page, your Bio Planet Facebook page, that you have some things in the work. And I, I think you had mentioned that Armin was doing something kind of similar. Can you, can you tease a little bit about what's down the road for Bio Planet? Yeah. The algorithm thing um, happens when you've got so many people auditioning for a single job. And we started thinking about SmartCast and and ways that people have uh, filtered those auditions. You know, they have platinum memberships where people see things first. And another issue that we're running into is um, that people that join tag themselves as everything. 
I'm French. I am American. I can do narration, audiobooks, animation, all of these things. Unfortunately, not everyone is as strong in certain genres of voiceover as others, or they're not really doing a lot of work in those genres. So we thought, you know, what would be a great equalizer or a way to tell if someone was seriously, say, an audiobook narrator? Well, obviously, you would have a professional demo in that genre. Are you an imaging guy? Oh, absolutely. Let me hear your demo. I don't have one. Well, you obviously are not... Um, working on a level that we're, we're, we're trying to attract. So it, it came down to demos. Do they have the demos for the genre? And so we're working on a, way, a means of, of having, and it's, I'm not explaining it scientifically because I'm not the web guy. I, I stumble in and I say, make it come out, and they do. Um, <laughs> but we're working on a way of making the, the tags specific to the professional demos that you have in your collection. And we're working on a means of filtering those jobs that are specifically for certain genres of voiceover to those people that are actually doing that kind of work and not just saying that they're doing that kind of work. Have we figured it all out yet? No. We're working on that now. Um, I started working on this back in January. <laughs> then we saw um, that another, uh, Will Armin, is working on something similar. And I've reached out to Armin and uh, told him what's going on. I'm like, dude, we're doing this too. And what it is, and his, his response was, I'm not the only one that can come up with great ideas. So Yeah, he's going to say, I know it was more than that. <laughs> well, I think he said a couple of <laughs> F-bombs. Uh, and, and, and we both agree. And I admire Bodalgo, by the way, and their business model um, is, you know, is, is dead on. So we're going to figure out a way to make it fair uh, for those people that actually do qualify for specific genres and to filter out those that don't. This is going to end up with a better result for our clients, which means, you know, if they're getting stronger auditions, they're going to come back to VO Planet. What we can't have is folks that are saying, you know, I've got people uh, auditioning across uh, gender which or across languages or dialects because they're just trying to make a buck. So they're going to try out for every job they can, whether they're actually qualified for it or not. So we're going to figure out a way to fix that. So when the client's going through that list, they're not hearing these strange things. I can't say we've got the best voices out there, and then they hear oddities or people that are not qualified. So that's one of the things we're doing. And there's other things to come that I can't quite talk about yet because it would be revealing secrets to our competitors that I am not comfortable. Ooh. Yes. Hashtag tease. Yes. So <laughs> the main thing is, um, and I want to say this, uh, I have been listening to you both for many years. Uh, Bobby and I have done work together before, uh, even before VO Planet. And uh, I appreciate you guys thinking of me and inviting me to come on the uh, Middle Class VO podcast. I feel like I'm in the same boat as you guys. Um, I'm still on the way up and by no means um, making gobs of money. Uh, <laughs> we live in an average size house in an average neighborhood. I have you know the average amount of kids, a couple of dogs, and there's a great number of us across the United States that are just good old meat and taters voice people and yeah. uh, you know doing the best we can at what we love. And uh, I am certainly a member of the middle class VO uh, group of folks. So I appreciate your show and what you're doing and the things you're talking about. Well, thank you for saying that, Kev. It's been great to have you on. Awesome. Can you open the door now and hear those seagulls so we can kind of go out in style? <laughs> <laughs>
I have to walk all the way across my illustrious studio to open that window again. Milk crates full of uh, albums, vinyl albums. <laughs> I still have I still have over 298 Rocks t-shirts. <laughs> what? I'm an XL. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, a t-shirt is on the way. I'm sorry. I'm a bit distracted. <laughs> I think there's also a pelican among this crowd. Oh, sure. Look, it. there's look that that seagull only has one leg. What do you think? His nickname is Hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> Closing the door. This has been a blast. And listen, this is my first, uh, I hope that this went well because I've never done a podcast. This is the first time I've done anything even close to radio since I walked out in 2005. I'm nervous as could be before I came in, and you guys made me feel so so comfortable. So thank you. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. And I know it went longer than 20 minutes, but uh, it's been great uh, catching up with you and sharing stories, man. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. And I look forward to uh, checking out the next episode of the Middle Class VO podcast. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Enjoy the beach. <laughs> Bye. What a what a treat! What a what a pleasure to have him on, Kevin West, VOPlanet.com. It's right there, the site, VOPlanet.com. Go check them out. They are seeking out talent all the time, but you've got to be good. You've got to be established, and uh, he is changing the pay-to-play model, and uh, we're all for it, Bobby. Yeah, and we're going to kind of skip over to another division, if you will, uh, coming up next week with Phil Sutphin, who's one of the uh, managing partners of ACM Talent, talking about management and agents, which is going to be totally different from P2P. Absolutely. That'll be on the uh, next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. In the meantime, break a lip. <laughs> The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's hair and makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Uh, coming up next week with Phil Sutton, who is the um, one of the... Um, oh, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I think I said his name wrong. Go, go ahead and say that. You know, one of the partners of ACM Talent or whatever you want to say. Phil Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering succotash, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Phil.